Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. We're looking at the Beatitudes this week, at some of the teaching from the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain the Church is giving us and the daily readings or Liturgy of the Hours and things like that. And it's a great thing to focus on, stop and take a look at in this season of Lent when we're the season of repentance and season of doing penance and sort of waking up. Where are we spiritually? Let's clean the house. Let's see what's going on, you know, in our hearts and our mind. Look at it seriously. And let's align ourselves with the Lord, with his teaching. Because why? Because we belong to him. The life I live, I live now, Paul says, reminding us, and this is our our declaration as well. It should be in, a, in the heart of every disciple. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Well, he died for me, and his life is in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That transformation, this is what it means to become a disciple, not just to get cleaned up on the outside or get some things right. It is, I've literally entered into a new way of being. And that way of life that's lived by trust, by faith in the Lord is, number one, I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe all that he did and said, he rose from the dead and he has saved me. He has saved me from sin and death, from being a slave to the world, the flesh, and the devil, to I'm now free from the claim of the power of sin and death over my life. He's done that for me. And I live in his kingdom presence in the church, in the world. I'm now part of the living body of Christ. I'm united literally to all those who've gone before me who died in the Lord. It's happening. I'm, I'm already connected to the eternal kingdom of God. And God has come to dwell in me as in a temple through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is present in me, and he now is working out my salvation, that I'm cooperating with him, and I'm becoming Christ-like in this life. So I believe that's what he's doing, and I trust it. That's faith. I'm going to lean into it every day, even when I don't feel it, even when I fall, and I'm not living in it the way I could. Lent says, come on back, come on back realize who you are, realize what's happened to you, realize that now you're not just slogging through and say, okay, now I got to pick up some of these rules again. I got to get more serious about it. Maybe go to confession a little bit more. No, you need to be awakened to the deeper reality that Christ now lives in you and you live by faith in the son of God and that your life is no longer your own. That's a very freeing thing. If we can get there, one of the ways we can see how much progress we're making in that way is how much we're living with the Lord each day and abiding in him, how much we're surrendering our possessions, you know, our wealth, and how much are we advancing, you know, caring for the poor? How much are we detaching ourselves from the opinions of men, the, the affections of the world, you know, the attention of the world, worrying about myself, my footprint, my brand, the size of my bank account, all these kinds of things. And am I realizing it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Wow, what a gift. I thought when I was just pursuing all my goals radically that in this world, not thinking much about 
Christ dwelling in me, that I was following the exciting path, the amazing way. But there's no more ultimately thrilling, exciting, amazing, but difficult path than I'm living the life of Christ who lives in me now. And this is what the Beatitudes are about. So even, again, the first Beatitude from the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor? To be humble, to be dependent. The humble, the poor one knows he needs God, and he looks to God daily, looks to God throughout the day. I look to God for everything for my life. And the poor one is often forgotten, unjustly treated, scorned, Sometimes battling with just the basics of life, because even, you know, in the Sermon on the Plain, he said, blessed are the poor, theirs is the kingdom. But he also said, woe to those who are rich now, because you're, you're getting satisfied in this world. You're experiencing, you know, but blessed are the poor, even the materially poor. It's not ultimately a virtue in and of itself to not possess things, to be very poor or be living in the street. It's not what's being said here. But if you're in this position of poverty, even material poverty, Jesus said, it doesn't mean you already have the kingdom. Even in that place, you have the kingdom in faith dwelling in you. And the richness of the kingdom is present. But if you in that state are looking to God, loving God, not being bitter, not being angry, not being resentful, looking at other people or envious, and you come into it. And by the way, those things I just mentioned, those are in people also who have lots, you know. It's the human heart and the human condition. And the whole kingdom of heaven is waiting for you. You're in the kingdom, but you'll inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now, the world thinks it's the powerful and the rich that inherit everything. But that's temporary. It's, it's a this-world reality. And poverty of spirit, uh, it gives us courage to accept our radical dependence and real dependence on God in this life. The kingdom of God, also, it's very interesting, it doesn't belong to the self-sufficient, the powerful, the self-made. I mean, the, the, like the whole eternal kingdom doesn't belong to those who just grab it for themselves, but those who they might, with zeal, go for it, but they know, ultimately, zeal in Poverty of spirit are not contradictory. Those are two fundamental realities that I, I zealously depend on God and radically pursue Him and His Son, who is the central treasure of my life. And I know to live with the King, to obey the King, is to enter more deeply into the life of the kingdom here and now. And our poverty is real. We can't even explain on our own resources who we are, where we've come from, where we're going without God's help. Jesus showed it to us himself. He taught us. He emptied himself. The kenosis, he emptied himself and he took on the form of a servant. He didn't claim everything that was his right to claim. And he showed us something very, very important there and that we have to be careful with, especially being in, you know, the most powerful, wealthiest country in the history of the world. That I don't clothe myself in my accomplishments, in my possessions in my money, in my power, in my status, in my looks, you know, those kinds of things. But even if God has allowed you, gifted you in a way that you can be in a place of great influence and have these kinds of realities in your life, 
The Lord still expects you to walk in poverty of spirit. I'm totally dependent on God. Everything I have belongs to him. I'm in his hands. I'm not in my hands. And so I ought to be very generous with what I have. I ought to relate to every person in the dignity, with the dignity and the love and the mercy. God himself came to die for the poorest person or the least gifted person or whatever. And it's very easy to separate ourselves from the herd. Look at me. Look at the school I went to. Look at the things I've achieved. Look at the neighborhood I live in. You know, look at how people look at me and how famous I am or whatever. That is total fool's gold. And it's to miss the very point of what it means to walk as a disciple. And Jesus was very clear in so many ways. He said, my food is to do the will of my father. My glory is my dependence on the Father, being in a position of radical abandonment and dependence. Without me, you can do nothing. And you can say, well, look, what do you mean? Look at me. Look at all that I've done. It's glittering. It's everywhere. People can see it. Again, to miss the point, Jesus is talking about what's lasting, not what's temporary. Remember what the devil said to Jesus in the temptation of the desert. He said, look, if you bow down before me, I'm, I'll give you everything. I can do that. Look at these kingdoms. And he saw the whole, all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said, I can give it all to you. All the glitz, all the gold, I can give it to you. And I will if you bow down and worship me. So we have to be careful with the things of this world. Sometimes the enemy's in there helping us. If we have the wrong attitude and we're cruising after stuff because our, our heart's wrongly aligned with the Lord and we're just loving the world in the wrong way, loving the money, the power and all that, the devil will just keep greasing the skids. Make it easier and easier. So we get deeper and deeper into it. And we're not actually free and we're not poor in spirit. Look at Our Lady, who's now the queen of heaven and earth. See the fulfillment of the promise. Blessed are the poor in spirit. They shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Look at Our Lady. Lowly in spirit. Now the queen of heaven and earth. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Do whatever he tells you to do. She was poor. She's rich beyond all imagining. St. Francis, just love him, you know, the, uh, the new kind of fool in the world, as he described himself. And he chose poverty because the Lord called him to it. And he walked out that radical dependence on the Lord in such a way. I just saw a stat the other day that something like 5 million people come to Assisi to the tomb of St. Francis every year. You just think of the last 50 years, for example. Now, it's been going on. I don't know if that many people 700 years ago were able to come, but think of the last 50 years and all the air travel and everything, kind of the average. 250 million people from all over the world come to bend the knee, to pray, and they're fascinated by the kingdom life, the Christ life, that just exuded from him even as he's walking out that lifestyle in a way that none of us would really want. (laughs) Like that total poverty. He was a beggar by choice because the Lord led him into a radical lifestyle at the time when the church and the, the world around, even Christendom, was getting corrupted as cities were beginning to form and more money and the pursuit of money, the pursuit of power, very worldly. And the church itself in many ways was very worldly. And God's answer to it was to raise up a fool, a fool for, for Christ. He was a fool in relationship to the world. I mean, who are you? You're nothing. 
You know, you're begging for food. You're sick half the time. You live with lepers. You sleep in a barn. What do you, what do you have that I would possibly ever want? That's the mind of this world. And here he is living in the kingdom in such a radical way. Brother Bernard, I believe it was one of the brothers was out praying one night. They would occasionally go out and pray all night long. You know, sometimes Francis would do it. They'd do it alone. Sometimes they would do it together. And by the way, that's an encouragement to me now that I wake up more in my older age. And so, uh, I just, you know, see myself. I'd say, I'm going to be like St. Francis. I'm going to take some time to pray as I'm laying here and not worry about, you know, whether I'm going to fall back asleep or not and just enjoy it. But, uh, after praying one night with Francis and others, Brother Bernard came back and other brothers were rising at the beginning of the day. And he comes walking in and he shouts, brothers, brothers. He said, Oh, if, if the richest man in the world, the most powerful man in the world could see the treasure we possess, they would do anything to have what we have. They would be willing, he said, to walk through the city carrying a bag of dung, of cow dung or something. He said, from one end to the other of the city, if that's what they had to do to possess what we have, they would do it. We are the richest of men. So they were, they were experiencing the life of the kingdom in power in the midst of all that poverty because they were living in obedience to the Lord, radical obedience to whatever he was calling them to. And so the saints are there to help us and call us to the realization of the many ways the Lord might lead us. But the fundamental thing is radical dependence on God to be poor in spirit. God bless you, friends. Have a good day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.